Hey, it's me, and it's all about the data. We are spending way too much time wondering whether Taylor Swift is going to appear on stage in a cornfield in Dubuque next to Joe Biden. That is not what the Trump campaign is actually worried about, though admittedly that scene would not be great for them. No, what they're worried about, or should be worried about, is Taylor's data. A couple of facts. 279 million. That's the number of her followers on Instagram. 4.35 million, that's the number of tickets sold for the ERA's tour. $1 billion, that's the tour's record-shattering revenue. 26.1 billion, that's the number of Swift's global streams on Spotify last year. 200 million, that's how much tour merch has been sold so far. Just how popular is she? The only available gray t-shirt sizes remaining are in 3XL and 4XL. I know, I checked. I could go on and on and on, but I don't need to. Taylor knows. Taylor knows your social media interactions, where you saw her on tour, how much merch you've bought from her website. She knows the size of your t-shirt, the number of downloads you've made. We're embarking on an election cycle that will be A, the most expensive in history, and B, we'll see much of the money spent on micro-targeting. What's micro-targeting? It's the use of online data to tailor, pun intended, advertising messages to individuals based on the identification of recipients' personal vulnerabilities and interests. In order to target effectively, data is essential. And Taylor's got lots and lots of it. And on a demographic that is exactly what the Biden team needs the most. Disproportionately female, young, and passionate. With truly the touch of a button, Taylor Swift is uniquely situated to use the data at her disposal to impact the presidential race. Overall, most of Swift's social media following 61.5% female. On TikTok specifically, the fan base is more female, 80.8%, and younger, 62% in the 18 to 24 age group. According to polling by SSRS, as of October, that's after the Kelsey romance began, a majority of U.S. adults, 59% identified as fans of Swift, 63% of women said so. Her fans are evenly divided 50-50 between Democrats or Democrat-leading independents and Republicans or GOP-leaning independents. Among her fans of voting age, the largest group, 39%, are 30 to 49 46% reported a household income under $50,000. And in 2020, after Swift posted on social media that people should register to vote, nearly 65,000 Americans ages 18 to 29 did so in the first 24 hours. The next day, that number grew to more than 102,000, 70% of whom were below the age of 25. When she posted again this September, she garnered another 35,000 registrations. This is not about a stage in a cornfield. This is about accessing a treasure trove of invaluable data. And that's what keeps the Trump team up at night in an era when most Americans are splintered into niche TV viewing. Consider that last week's AFC Championship win by the Kansas City Chiefs with Swift's boyfriend Travis Kelsey in the middle of key plays and the pop superstar rooting him on united the country insofar it was viewed by a record 55 million Americans. So what might be the value of a Taylor Swift endorsement? Joining me now is Craig Garthwaite. He's professor of strategy at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. He co-authored the study that is perfect for our purposes. 
Can celebrity <laughs> endorsements affect political outcomes? Professor, thank you for being here. The way that endorsements are courted by the candidates, the politicians, they surely think they matter. Do they? Uh, I mean, it all depends on the endorsement. Uh, I think it's it's hard to say they wouldn't matter when you see so many politicians looking for them. We looked at uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey's endorsement of President Obama during the 2008 primary and found it had a very meaningful effect on the share of the vote that he was able to get and was ultimately one of the reasons why he was able to win the 2008 nominee and then become a two-term president. So Oprah Winfrey circa 2008, Taylor Swift, 2024. You, you think that's as close as an apples to apples as we're going to get in terms of the stature that each has? I, I mean, I think your comparisons you talked about before, they're, they're very apt. If you think about Oprah in 08, she had just been uh, uh, one of the time people of the year. She's one of the only people to be on the time person of the year in the 20th and 21st century. She shared that with Bill Gates, Nelson Mandela, and John Paul II. Look at Taylor Swift coming out of being times person of the year this year her tour, the sheer popularity that she has, her ability to move people to buy products by simply wearing them. She looks a lot like Oprah in 08, and I think she could have a very large effect on enthusiasm in this election. I'm gonna put on the screen your conclusion because I want the audience to see it. I've, I've actually read your analysis. Bottom line no. is you think Oprah's endorsement delivered a million votes to Barack Obama. How did you do it? Explain the role of O Magazine. Yeah, so we use regional variation in the popularity of Oprah's magazine and her book club to identify where she was particularly popular and then use that to estimate her effect on the vote there. Um, it is important to know it's a little bit different here that this is a general election, not a primary. There, you know, President Obama and Secretary of State Clinton were, were very, very similar candidates in terms of their policies. Here, they're very different, President Biden uh, and, pre and former President Trump. And so I think this is more about getting people enthusiastic about to the polls. So your points on data, uh, if she did do events, Oprah did a bunch of events for Obama. If you've got Taylor Swift out there, you know, saying you're the problem, Donald Trump, it's you like that. That's going to change the nature of, of why people want to show up to the polls. Right. I mean, you, you made this clear that she was very hands on. She she Oprah. Yep had never been politically active like this in the past when she got involved for then-Senator Barack Obama in 2008. So it's one thing if it's a simple endorsement via a text, but that's not what Oprah did. Oprah was out on the campaign trail appearing in swing states. Yeah, and then, and then you get people to come to those events, you get people signed up, you get people enthused. If, if you imagine going to swing states and you have a joint event between Taylor Swift and Joe Biden, People are going to show up and they're not showing up for President Biden, who doesn't appear to be drawing that level of excitement from young voters. They're going to show up to see Taylor Swift the way they show up everywhere to see Taylor Swift. And campaigns want people to turn out to these events. That's why they have them. And so she could, if she chooses, be very powerful in this election. But it needs to go beyond simply saying, hey, you should you should go vote for Biden. We'll be having these kinds of events the way that we saw Oprah Winfrey do all throughout the 08 primary season. Okay, so the, the nuttiness of all of this does not interest me. All the NFL teams that would have had to have taken a dive just so the Chiefs <laughs> could be elevated, just so Taylor Swift could endure it, that doesn't interest me. The data, though, does interest me because, as you heard me lay out with the metrics as part of your introduction, with the touch of a finger, she gets to reach people in a way that the campaigns would be dying to have that influence. 
Yeah, both, both she has the ability to reach them and they're actually going to listen, right? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many texts you probably get and I get um, from various candidates reaching out to me that I just never want to see. I think her fans would be very intrigued by what she has to say. So she both has the direct contact and the fact that they want to listen to what she has to say. Quick final thought. You, you are a professor of strategy. You are in the Kellogg School of Business at Northwestern. I guess the issue is, does she want to sell sneakers to Republicans? Uh, the, the famous Michael Jordan quote, right, that even Republicans buy shoes. Uh, I, I don't know if, from a business standpoint, this would be a good move for her. You said it's about evenly divided. It's a very contentious issue. Uh, that said, I think she's at the point where she's financially stable enough that if she wanted to sort of influence the election on a personal level, she has the ability to do it. Um, and I think that, you know, she, she has to make a decision about what is more important to her, being involved politically or being involved in business. Right. There's an expression for that. It's something you money, and she certainly possesses it. Thank you, Professor. I, I, I believe, I, believe I, can't, I, I can't finish that phrase. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what you think. Go to my website. It's Rakanish.net. Okay, now you know why this is the poll question today. Could Taylor Swift determine the outcome of the presidential race? What's the number? Like 40,000 votes in three states determined, swung the last uh, election? Could she have that kind of influence? More social media reaction from the world of YouTube, I believe. What do we have? If Taylor Swift makes that much of an impact on the American election for 2024, I feel very sorry for the future. Right, but Mar, I just explained. Like 40,000, I think the literal number was 44,000 in the last cycle in three states could have determined the outcome of the election in a different way. Could she have that kind of influence by registering people in her prime demo to vote? It is conceivable. It is conceivable. 